0: And enjoy the ride. So, welcome back to the Matter of Mind Experience. I'm your host, master trainer and weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And today, I have for you John David Latta. He has a tremendous backstory, which I'm not going to go into. I'm going to let him explain his backstory to you. But just as a little summary, you see, terrified and stalked by an oppressive fear of death, John was a single dad with two children facing rock bottom, loneliness, and bankruptcy. And he realized that hard work, arguments, and what we call logic was getting him nowhere. So I'm telling you, he's going to have a rake backstory. We're going to explain that even more to you of what he's really talking about. See, in this book, it's uh, The Synchronicity of Love. John shares his extraordinary stories of what happened while he was at rock bottom. And of course, I'm going to have a hack episode for you. And it's going to be, how can I be more in touch with my own intuition and john's going to break that down towards the end of the episode and with that being said let's welcome john to the show hey john how you doing
1: good zico how are you doing thanks so much for inviting me
0: thank you for being here all the way from uh i guess you'd say nice not rainy today but misty seattle right yeah no the sun's out today it's great even better even better with that being said man tell my audience about yourself tell us your story
1: Sure, Zico. Um, Well, so let's see. I think I could summarize my story uh, as this sort of rigid, rational, competitive dude uh, who lost everything at one point in my life when I was in my 40s and hit rock bottom and went through a very gigantic, dramatic transformation. And I sometimes say that that the book you referenced earlier could have been called rigid, rational man turns into random, accidental mystic. And so it's kind of crazy. So um, I kind of uh, identified with being anti-spiritual and anti-religious my whole life. And so probably like a lot of people, they have to hit rock bottom before they open their mind to other ways of being, other ways of seeing the world. And that was definitely my story. And that's what I was trying to capture in my book was the unbelievable transformation
0: I went through starting in about the year 2002.
1: And in some ways, I'm still going through it today.
0: And that's, I like you keep saying rock bottom, rock bottom, because oftentimes you're right. We have to hit that to really see, okay, what's the next step? What's It's like you get like forced into deciding, do I go right or left with my life, right? Right. So I love that. And with that being said, you are a single dad with a custody of your young children while undergoing a spiritual transformation what was that spiritual transformation and what was that like well
1: so again you know i i because i identified with being not spiritual or not religious i think the transformation i went through was kind of an in-your-face kind of transformation so i had a lot of very dramatic uh experiences and um And they were exciting and they were graceful. There was visionary experiences. There was unbelievable energetic experiences. There were all sorts of healing experiences. Uh, I share a number of stories in my book, uh, dreams that helped me heal things that I didn't think I could heal before. And I didn't know I could get messages from dreams. And so that was amazing. And what made it difficult was I was also a dad. I had custody of two kids. They're ages 9 and 11. And I was coaching their ball teams and stuff. And then there was this fear that I was going to be weird or incapacitated somehow. And at the same time, I'm running a multi-million-dollar company that I own and operate. And again, I was afraid that I was going to be strange or weird somehow. And so, on the one hand, I'm you know behind closed doors, I'm going through this amazing transformation. On the other hand, I'm just terrified of how I'm going to appear to other people out in the world. And I I like to tell you know I, I used to. Um, I've managed lots of people my whole life. I've been in management my whole life. And, you know, people um, sometimes get tired of drinking. They say, fine, I'm going to quit alcohol. And they join AA and they work really hard to not drink anymore. But they don't realize that the quitting the drinking part is sometimes the easy part. They sometimes realize if your whole life revolved around getting high or drinking alcohol and you decide to ditch it all, it means you might have to change your friendships, your hobbies, where you live, where you work. And that's, that's what happens when somebody goes through a deep transformation of any kind. Um, I remember Ram Dass told a really funny story. He says, When you're going through a spiritual transformation and, and you used to go bowling with all your friends, and now your friends still want to go bowling, but you don't like to go bowling anymore. And so that's what it's like. There's this inner turmoil, this inner change, and yet you still have relationships in the world. You know, I've got a company to run, I've got kids to raise and take care of. And so it was both really exciting and sometimes really terrifying at the same time.
0: Right. So what was really that internal change that was really happening?
1: Well, you know, it doesn't sound very sexy, but I think what I ha- what happened to me was looking back, and sometimes none of these things make sense until you can look back. But when you're in it, it doesn't seem like anything's making sense. But I, I would describe it as uh, I had a very rigid, rational, sometimes people would call it, a masculine outlook on life and myself and an entire side of myself that I hadn't really explored that some people would loosely call feminine is what I was coming into. So instead of uh, maybe talking all the time and telling people what to do all the time, I learned to listen. I learned to nurture. I learned to care for people. I learned to be compassionate. I learned to be understanding. It sounds kind of silly, but you know, I, I hadn't realized how valuable those traits really are. Um, I think I delved into, you know, we talked off the air before your show a little bit about music. I haven't really explored a lot of creativity before. And I was like, oh my God, how had I missed how amazing it is to be a creative being. And, um, and so that's what I would describe it Mm -hmm. as. I was living a very one-sided life and I became much more whole, much more resourceful. And, uh, and I think the other thing I was afraid of that I was having to trade one for the other, but I actually find there are situations that call for a sort of masculine response and situations that recall for more feminine receptive response. And now I can do both. I didn't know how to do both before.
0: The man that can do everything. I'm telling you, you're <laughs> like, you're like Superman around here, but well, you
1: know, a lot of health is just to, you know, the movement in healthy day and wellness is towards wholeness. And I think that's another way to look at it. I mean, health has, Far more options and far more things to look at than say a generation or two ago, and so that's kind of how I see my journey: is that there's more options in every situation. There's more healing modalities than ever before. Uh, healing, you know, people really understand there's more than just physical healing. There's mental. There's emotional. There's spiritual. You know, it's it's the whole thing, and I think that was my journey is probably from being very one sided into more and more wholeness.
0: Right. And I love it. I definitely, on my personal journey with my health, it wasn't just what I ate or how much I worked out. I I actually have been eating pretty well. I mean, I've improved my diet, definitely, but I've been eating pretty well and working out since I was about 18, 19 years old. So that was the issue with my health, with my asthma and everything else. I'm not going to bore you with the whole story. Didn't it all just come down to what I ate? A lot of it was, was I getting quality sleep? We're talking about an article that I wrote on getting quality sleep. A lot of it was, was I spending time around positive people that were actually helping me and not pulling me down? A lot of that was what was my morning routine? Did I start off in a high cortisol like a, like a high sympathetic state? Was I yeah. yelling at people when I was upset instead of you know taking? Was I eating too fast? Like there's just so many things that goes into our state and our well being that we do not really pay attention to. We we're talking before like off air. About when I wake up in the mornings and my audience knows me by this. I either play guitar and meditate or I just meditate, but I do something early in the morning to wake myself up in a good, positive way. And I get up around 6, 6:30 now. It used to be 5:30, just so I have that extra time to start my morning off slow. Right. We've had we have research that shows that the average American express um exposes themselves to about five to seven stressors when they first wake up. You, yeah. know, you know, getting the kids to school, yelling at their husband to get ready, driving in traffic, yelling in traffic, especially in Orlando. Okay, everybody drives like five miles an hour down the street. So, you, so it's Disneyland, you know, Disney World. I mean, you know, it's the the the, the, the city that Mickey Mouse built. And yeah. you know, you go to work and you rush and try to log in, and or even people work from home. Like you don't, they don't take advantage of the extra time. They wake up, roll over, log onto their computer, and just start working immediately. Like you don't realize uh, how those things really impact your overall health. So. That's a positive, a really good, solid thing you're sharing there. And I also like the fact that I, I, I really don't like the terms even masculine or negative energy. I just think they're different energies, right? Because a lot of times that's the issue. Like guys, like some people would say, you know, men shouldn't cry. Like I grew up in Jamaica. Men were not allowed to cry. Like, that wasn't the thing. Like, if I'm sad right now, I'm going to ball like a baby. I don't care what you're going to tell me. <laughs> like, if you have a problem with me, then, you know, apparently we shouldn't be friends. But, you know, men shouldn't cry or a woman should be like this or this should be like that. And those things, we, we estrogen and testosterone, going to the scientific piece of it, right? A lot of that is tied into that as well. And men have both tes- testosterone and estrogen. And so the women, the levels may be different. Right. Oxytocin. You may have, you know, if you're not a loving person, maybe you need to get a puppy or something and, or (laughs) some plants and, you know, so you can naturally increase your oxytocin. Take a supplement if, if it comes to it, but I don't really recommend it. I think trying to find a natural way first all is better. But so there, you know, and all those things are all important factors in your health. So I know I'm kind of going on and on and on, but thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's absolutely powerful.
1: And I agree with every single thing you said, Zico. So yeah, well done.
0: Thank you, my friend. And so you broke that down so well, so tell us what was what memory really stood out for you in your especially in the beginning of your spiritual experiences
1: um well, at the very beginning um so I had uh gone to a spiritual retreat, and the teacher there liked to work with dreams and i He gave me a little technique to help me remember my dreams. I didn't know I had dreams. And suddenly I was remembering all these dreams. I started writing it down, but they didn't make any sense to me. There was just this confusing gibberish. So it took me a while to learn what I would call the language of dreams. But it's almost like the more you pay attention to them, the more you realize there's actual help there. And you're going to laugh. So funny story. uh, When I hit rock bottom, I started uh, group therapy, something I'd never done in my life before. And very quickly, all of a sudden it was for the most part, 10 women, two women therapists and me. And I felt like a man alone in a sea of women. And, um, and I had a dream right at the very beginning. And the dream was all the women in my group and the therapists are all talking about like, hey, we're going to be peeling shrimp tonight, but we're worried about John. And I'm in the dream, I'm listening. I'm like, well, I love eating shrimp. What's the problem with that? And they go, well, peeling shrimp can be kind of messy and kind of painful, and it was sort of like a metaphor or a symbol for, you know, being vulnerable, talking openly and honestly about things that have happened in your life. And that's exactly what therapy was like. It felt like people were pulling your shell off and it was hard and it was difficult. And again, it sounds like a silly thing, but I started to realize there was something in dreams that was, um, I, I remember one person said, it's making the unconscious conscious. And uh, and I and I was like, wow, that dream almost in a way tried to warn me like, you know what you're getting into now here. (laughs) All those women are going to try and peel your shell off. And uh, and that's exactly what it felt like. Um, And another very early uh, thing that happened to me. So I've been going to group therapy for a short time and they kept getting on me all the time. John, you're so good at doing. You should try being. You're so good at doing. You should try being. So, but I was kind of in management, I was very good at organizing my time, staying on top of things, staying on task. So I'm tucking my kids in at night, tuck my daughter in, go to tuck my son in, but he's all talking about his day and he's all excited about it. And I want him to go to sleep so I can, because I got stuff to do. And I'm like, well, she always went and told me I should just try being. I, maybe I'll just sit and just listen to him without rushing him. And Zico, I kid you not about I don't know, 10 or 20 seconds into it, all of a sudden, I'm overwhelmed with this feeling of love like i would never felt in my life before. And I realized, my God, what I've been missing my whole life, rushing around, staying on task, getting things done. You know, who knew that just sitting there being really present with somebody um, could be so profound. And so those were two of my early spiritual experiences, I guess. Uh, being informed by dreams and and frankly learning to slow down and just be present and listen.
0: So the other day I broke one of my rules, right? I feel, I was watching this series on HBO Max and I just fell in love with it. And it's kind of like gory, right? Yeah. And I fell asleep watching it, which is something that I rarely do. And then in my dream, I dreamt that like I would that I was in a thriller and I was running away from people and you know somebody was trying to kill me. So I guess. I don't know. That has, that has something to do with the movie. I mean, I don't know what that's trying to tell me. But anyway, that was my lame um, um, attempt at a joke, I should say. But anyway, <laughs> ser- seriously uh, But seriously speaking. So I have a similar experience. And I-, I definitely agree with you. I think uh, making the unconscious conscious or the subconscious conscious. For example, before I went to Jamaica, I'm a lone wolf. I spend a lot of time by myself. And I love spending time by myself. And oh. I-, I will always tell people, leave me alone. I'm fine. I was going to Jamaica. And um to be with my family in March. And even upcoming to that trip, I kept having dreams about spending time with family, spending time with friends and stuff like that. Never thought twice about it. But when I got home, I had so much fun being around my family. And when I got back, I could not wait to spend time with it again. And I thought to myself, I've always been that lone wolf, I've always yeah. been that guy, like in my adult life, because I came to America really young. I was forced to kind of be by myself and I just got used to it. But to my very core, I'm, that's not really who I am. And it, and it sounds like the dreams are kind of pulling that out. Like they're, explaining, they're showing my subconscious, telling me really the kind of person that I really am instead of the kind of person that I am forcing myself to be. And I do think there are a lot of benefits in really writing down dreams, uh, just like journaling anything else, Writing, writing them down, and seeing what's actually going on. And you can also maybe see a trend over time of what's actually happening, right? And make it easier for you to dissect. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I would love for my audience to really pick up your book. We're gonna talk about that towards the end, like where they can really access your book and pick up your book, because I think, um, you know, they're, they're really diving into this can be very helpful, especially in today's day and age with anxiety and mental health issues and, you know, all the, all the struggles that we face in the environment that we're in right now, le- le- reading and learning from someone who's hit rock bottom can be very beneficial in their lives. Now, my next question to you is: How did you change your life for the better or for the worse? <laughs> or after as you transformed?
1: Well, <clears throat> first thing I want to say, first of all, that dream you shared was perfect and beautiful, and that's been my experience with dreams that if you live your life too far to one side, the dreams are going to try and redirect you. So if you've been like a lone wolf for too long, the dreams are going to say, you know, why don't you come out, hang out with some people, hang out with family a little bit. And that has been my experience as well. So um, how have I transformed for better or for worse? Well, I pay attention to my dreams. That's a better, although like a lot of people, there's still time, times I have dreams I'm scratching my head about. Other times the dreams are so profound and beautiful. I just feel like, you know, just in tears. Um, Backing up a little bit too, you talked about uh, men in Jamaica don't cry. Well, you know, my father was a a Marine and an engineer, so I didn't really have a crime model for me. And um, so one of the transformations that I went through that was better was uh, my girlfriend sort of tricked me into seeing a nutritionist. And I went to see her, but she wasn't just a nutritionist. She was actually a psychic. And I remember sitting there thinking she was going to give me, because I used to be super athletic, and, um, and I thought for sure she was going to give me dietary advice. Instead, she looks at me after about 20 minutes, and she goes, you have grief trapped in your chest all the way back to early childhood, and uh, it needs to come out. And I was like, are you kidding me? I wasn't expecting that. But it's true. I'd gone to see her because I had a chest cold that I couldn't seem to get rid of. And I have a long history of when I would get a head cold, it would drop into my chest and hang out there for weeks. And I just would have the hardest time getting rid of it. And I learned much later that in Chinese medicine, unexpressed or unprocessed grief causes problems with breathing in the lungs. And so she goes, look, just take this homeopathic remedy. It literally was called lung, like 10 drops a day. And what can you do to make yourself cry? I said, well, sometimes I tear up over sappy movies. She goes, go watch a bunch of sappy movies. And um, and I tried, Zico. I tried and I tried. But then all of a sudden, it was like the log jam broke. And I remember being on my hands and knees. I don't even know what I was crying about. It just went on and on and on. And I remember getting done going, dang, no wonder people cry. This actually feels good. And uh, <laughs> but so coming back to how I transformed. So. I'm still not great at it. It's still not easy for me to cry in front of other people, but I have a more overall body awareness and it's helped in my health. I think I've been really unusually healthy after, because of the transformations I've gone through, because I'm aware of things in my body that I didn't used to be aware of. And one of them is I don't process grief really easily. And so I sometimes have to go watch a movie that kind of brings it up and let the tears out. And so, um, you know, it's, Interesting, Edgar Casey wrote a lot of, if you read in the Edgar Casey books, uh, Edgar Casey was uh, a psychic, and you know, they called him a medical intuitive. And he did almost 10,000 readings in his lifetime uh, that were of a medical nature. And that was one of the big things they sometimes call him the godfather of holistic health, was him pointing out how emotions, um, getting stuck in anger for a long period of time, or not being able to process grief can cause all sorts of wellness problems, health problems. You know, he had uh, one lady that, you know, just said, don't be crazy. Everybody knows that migraines can't be cured. Well, they can, but she had her mind so close to it that she couldn't get rid of her migraines. And there was another lady, you know, that was having, I forget what the problems were. And he just said, look, you've been angry at your ex-husband for 20 years now. You're destroying your health. You got to get past the anger. And so um, how have I changed for better, or for worse? I would not say worse but anyway, that goes to deep transformation, you can tell you it's really challenging and you know can bring up a lot of fear and anxiety, but it's all been better. And kind of tying in with what a lot of your show and your podcast is about, my health has been better than ever before. And I'm almost 64 years old now.
0: Absolutely. You know, I was talking to someone the other day and we were, I don't remember how the topic came up. I think I was playing a song or something and she we're, we were talking about mental health and trauma. And she said to me that, just about everybody she knows has gone through some type of trauma at some point in their lives. Yep. The The real question is how do you deal with it? Yeah. Right. And I wouldn't be the guy I am today. If I didn't change the way I deal with things and just like you, I'm learning. Yeah. You know, just like you, I'm learning. It's not like I'm going to handle it today and I'm good the rest of my life. That's not how this works. We're always going to have situations that's going to come We're going to come across that we have to handle and one of the most rewarding things to me outside of even with the nutrition and the fitness i've had uh clients and even friends in come to me and say you know what i've started to realize how much better i i, I deal with situations you mm-hmm. know one of the simplest thing is one of my friends who does listen to this podcast i know she's going to call me and say you're talking about me she <laughs> so yeah i'm going to get yelled at for this but <laughs> i'm going to do it anyway so she said to me i've really learned that when I give my opinions now, not to take them. If someone doesn't take my opinion, not to get upset. It was right. before, like, if I, if I disagree with someone, I would just say, cut it off. I don't want to deal with it, whatever. And just, it would become an argument. Right. Yeah. But now she's like, I've learned that, you know what, I'm going to say my piece. If somebody disagrees with it, I'm not going to let that impact my energy and impact my mood. And that's a big thing. Cause I've known this person for years and it took a long time to To for her to really get there, where there are times where I said, I've joked with her and said, uh, when you hit menopause, we're not gonna be friends anymore. (laughs) So, so she definitely knows, she definitely knows I'm talking about her, but you know, but really, it's those things where it's like, you know, I love to see those kind of growth, right? It's gonna be really, really helpful for you on your overall health. So, again, thank you so much for uh, sharing that. I think your story is absolutely fantastic. And the next thing we're gonna get into. Is the hack of the episode. But before I get to the hack of the episode, my audience knows I have to talk to you about something. I'm gonna to talk to you about the Amino Co. Because they make one of my favorite blends, which is Heal. It's, it's a Heal is a hundred percent science-backed essential amino acid formula designed to reduce recovery times and improve physical function by accelerating muscle repair while helping maintain a healthy inflammatory response. See, the EAA profile of HEAL has been shown to increase muscle mass even during times of physical inactivity. See, their profile was originally developed to help NASA astronauts maintain muscle mass in space and then refine to help everyday people experiencing periods of inactivity. See, studies have shown that two weeks of inactivity results in decreased muscle mass and a 50% drop in muscle synthesis. In fact, so I deadlifted earlier today and did some pull-ups. I do one of the best workouts I've had in a while too. Like I felt, I was listening to, uh, was it Rockstar on my, uh, the same song over and over again. I was listening to Rockstar and I was just having it, right? Had a fantastic workout. But what am I drinking right now? The people can't see it, but John can see it. I'm drinking Heal post-workout. Because the profile is so amazing, especially with the with the way way concentrate, right? With uh, the creatine, with the essential amino profiles, which is really helping your muscle to recover from a lot when whenever you put it under stress, it's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely love it, and it tastes great. I try to I say go for the natural because that's what I always go for. I think that's the best option for your health, but there. Their profile, is absolutely, their profile is absolutely fantastic, and I love it. I love it so much. See, the net balance between the whole body protein synthesis and the breakdown was measured, right? And, and this is in, in comparison to whey protein. And the response to HEAL was found to be at least three times larger than whey on a gram gram. The gram basis. Again, we talk about whey protein, the whey protein, and it has carbs, but heal with the essential amino profile, the whey protein concentrate, and the creatine together. It's absolutely banging for anybody who trains. Think about adding this into your routine. You can go to aminoco.com, so that's Zico Health. You get 30% off heal and the, all their other amino products like Perform, which is what I drink during my workout sessions. Of course, the link will be in the show notes and the description of the episode. And with that being said, you know what time it is. It's time for the hack of the episode. So how do you change your life for the better? I'm sorry, wrong question, wrong question, John, wrong question. (laughs) How can I be more in touch with my own intuition?
1: That's a great question. And I would encourage everybody to get in touch with their own intuition. And intuition is different than the usual thoughts that We have day to day in our head, and it's subtle. It's quick. It's it's like wisdom. It's like imagine having access to perfect wisdom in every different in every situation. But it's quiet. It's subtle and quick. So um, the things that you can do to increase your intuition and be more in touch with it are things like dream work, um, which is really making the unconscious conscious. Um, going for a walk in nature, playing music or listening to music without words. Uh, you might call it maybe opening up the right hemisphere of the brain. Uh, you, um, you know, a warm bath or shower. I love Einstein had this great quote that uh, I'm not sure I'm going to get it exactly right, but he said, intuition is the gift and logic is its faithful servant. But we've elevated the servant and forgotten the gift. And he used to say all the time, why is it I work so hard to get answers to complex questions and I can never solve them? But as soon as I go in and take a warm bath or a shower, boom, the answer is there. And so I think a lot of us have access to more answers, uh, solutions, help, uh, you know, inner guidance towards our our better health. Um, All we have to do is just slow down and move into what I would just call subtlety, Um, everybody's going to experience intense emotions once in a while, anger, grief, fear, things like that. Uh, Allow them, move through them as best you can, because it's really hard to be in touch with your intuition when you're angry as hell, scared as hell, you know, really sad about something. Um, But because the intuition is more quiet and subtle, and it's more, um, it's almost like a lightning hit. It's so quick. I've actually seen it myself where I get great answers to things just in the snap of a finger and then my mind tries to override it it's hard to really put into words so i would say again movement towards subtlety listening to quiet music anything you can do to slow down meditation is good even prayer is good but combine listening with your prayer and see what kind of bubbles up in your uh in your mind it's it's a really beautiful thing
0: i love that and i've experienced that myself in fact i would say that I, the best ideas, I get my best ideas when I'm not thinking about the idea, right? And I said, with my health, that's why I've incorporated, well, I'm um, playing more music, right? Mm-hmm. Relaxing mm-hmm. in the morning, taking a warm bath, like these are things, going for a walk, leaving my cell phone behind and just going for a walk and playing music in my head. You know, yeah. those things have been extremely helpful for me. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I love the quote where it's like, we've elevated the servant, right? I absolutely, I absolutely love that because that's absolutely true. Because when when I talk to people, sometimes I'm just talking about my show or whatever, and a lot of times I get ad- advice, right? Immediately off the back of the head, they're like, you should do that, do this, do this, do that. And I just kind of yeah. say, okay, I just kind of let it go. And i listen to it, right? Because sometimes people do give me g- really good advice. Yeah. But what they don't realize is everything that I've, I run off intuition first, right? So for me, yeah, you would tell me and I may have it in my subconscious, but I have to feel that moment, you know, for me to say, yes, aha, now I'm going to do it. It's kind of like this uh, Saturday, I went to the music shop and I played. I was there for hours and hours and I was playing different guitars and I played, played and then I picked up this Taylor and I started playing it and immediately I fell in love with it. That's my in- that's that's what intuition does for me. I, do- I fall in love in that particular moment and I'm like, yes, I'm not forcing this to happen this is naturally to happen. And then of course I moved to execution and everything else. Right. Which is int- intuition by itself. is not going to help me.
1: I love that. I, I wanted to add, you know, Sir Richard Branson is uh, England's most successful entrepreneur in history. And he's a billionaire. Most people don't know. He never got past the ninth grade in school because he's terribly dyslexic. And so, um, but he said, because I was so terribly dyslexic, I had this hyper-developed sense of intuition. And so I started my first company when I was a teenager. It was Virgin Records and ended up being a really successful company. I think he's, I can't even, I lost track of all the companies he's founded ever since then. He goes, I, I knew within 30 seconds if the person that was applying to work at my company was the right person for me or not. I just knew and I trusted that. And um, and so I, I would encourage you and everybody out there that's in touch with their intuition, keep going with it. Because it won't steer you wrong. And for people that don't have any inkling around that, just know that it's a possibility. You might have access to more inner wisdom and guidance than you know.
0: I think, yeah, I don't think it might. I think it will be. Yeah. You know, unless you, you know, you're just like a shallow bucket and that's really all you have. Like Joey from Friends would say, I don't have another level. So. <laughs> <laughs> so other than that, right, but these yeah. are the pity laughs. You got to just love the pity laughs. I tell you, John just, it's like I'm a comedian on show and I'm I'm, a, I'm completely like stinking up the show, but John's pity laughs just keep me going. So with <laughs> that, but I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. John, tell us about your book and how can we get a copy?
1: Yeah. So my book is called The Synchronicity of Love. And what I explore in the book, it's 119 short stories. They're all true stories. They're all like the last 20 years of my life. The more you start to explore what I'm going to call unconditional love and compassion and intuition, the more synchronicity starts to happen in your life. And synchronicity is that kind of like magical, it feels like coincidences or miracles or serendipity. Um, you know, uh, just things start to happen or almost feels like life is supportive and the universe is generous and it's almost like a red carpet being rolled out in front of you. And, um, and I'll give you one, it's a very small example, but it's the kind of thing that just kept happening over and over and it was so cool because I'd never experienced it before. Uh, David Spangler is a, uh, used to be a very well known spiritual teacher, he was one of the very first leaders in what they called the new age movement in the 70s and the 80s. And I, you remember I told you I had hit rock bottom and suddenly I was divorced, had custody of my two kids. I didn't tell you I was $650,000 in debt. <laughs> so <laughs> it was scary. Two hundred fifty thousand in personal credit card debt, trying to get my company off the ground, and I got custody of two little kids, and I'm going through this big spiritual transformation. And but I read a book by David that I really liked, and I walked into a little bookstore. Uh, it was Christmas time, shopping for Christmas presents, and I saw he had some other books in there, and I picked up this book called Parent as Mystic, Mystic as Parent, and I thought, oh, I gotta buy this book because that's what's happening to me. And the lady, as she's ringing up the books, says, you want to meet him? And I'm like, who? The author. The author's here? And at that exact moment, this short, sweet kind of grandfather looking man comes walking out of this room. I guess he'd been you know, teaching some group of about 50 people. And he walks right up and she goes, hey, David, come here. I, you know, this guy wants to meet you. And so, and it was great. I didn't know that Davis Bangler lived 20 minutes from me and that he'd raised four kids. He had a very mystical life growing up, and it was so nice to be with him and have him say, oh, yeah, it's great being a parent and a mystic at the same time. And so that's the kind of little thing, because I was kind of freaking out about it at the time early on in my journey. And here's this really sweet man going, oh, no, it's awesome. Just roll with it. And so that, to me, is an example of synchronicity, where it feels like the universe is supporting you. And that's what the whole book is about, is really how all these things I didn't think were possible kept happening over and over again. Oh, and you can find it on Amazon, The Synchronicity of Love.
0: Perfect. And I'm going to make sure that the um, the link to the Amazon Amazon link to the book, it will be in the show notes. Show right. notes are going to be ZikaHealth.com. I'm going to make it Synchronicity of Love. So ZikaHealth.com slash Synchronicity of Love. Of course, you know, if I change it because, you know, my mind, sometimes monkey running the zoo. So I just kind of do crazy things. But synchronicity of love is what we're going for. But the show notes will be in the description of the episodes. So you can click on it, get to it as well. And thank you, David, man. It's absolutely banging episode. I love what you're talking about. And this is something that we need to pay attention to. Males, I want to say specifically, because we are so caught up in this quote-unquote masculine way of life like if i'm having a bad day and i've done this before i have a bad day i'm gonna go to to the gym and just live every live every everything i can possibly find i should be okay when i get home which i still do that a little bit however you need to have a balance and with that being said we're getting out of here and enjoy the rest of your day thanks for joining the matter over mind experience if you got good content out of this or any of my shows say." subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.